it's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And, uh, hey, look, we both said that it would be a Utah blowout. Now, we both meant a Utah-style blowout, but I think partial credit because Utah blew out ASU 55-3. It, uh, it was a beatdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was I don't know, what did, what did we both, we both had it being about, about a 10 15, to 15, 20 point margin, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And it it was that in the first quarter. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. They, uh, you know, I I didn't know that Utah could put up fifty five points. To be honest, like I mean, like that's just not their style. Uh, but they did, um, and and our offense was, uh, you know, a week after showing the most life it had all year. Um, you know, almost mm-hmm. rendering some of our season-long over-unders irrelevant uh, in that Washington State game. Uh, then we, we you know, get three points and struggle to do, you know, to get even a first down, it felt like, for most of the game. So, yeah, it was, it was rough. So, you know, we start with Bourget, who gets injured on the first series. He gets replaced by Jacob Conover. Conover finished the day 5 of 22 for 41 yards and a pick. Yeah, and Borgay came back in at one point, I guess, um, and struggled, and so they, they took him back out. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's rough. I mean, you know, like, Borgay gives you at least a chance. Uh, I mean, we've talked about him, like, he's, he's not – anybody's definition of a great quarterback but you know it felt like he last year and this year like you know he he can make some plays he can you know if it's going to be a game like washington state where it's up and down you know that that you can do that but um he goes out pine and rashada were not were not dressed even though they returned to practice this week obviously not ready to come back to play and and yeah i mean pretty much from that point on it was it was uh, just you know going through the motions it seemed like yeah. Um which is disappointing, but also like it's Utah at Utah. Like this is just It is. It is. I mean, it was the game that I think I said this last week when we talked that like if you were to rank those remaining four games in terms of likelihood to pull off an upset because we're gonna be the underdog in all four, I, I think it was you know, the lowest uh, and, and obviously, I mean, easy to say that now, but I'm pretty sure I said it before the game. Um, I mean, Utah's a, a very good defensive team, and, and, you know, so I'm not sure it would have been much better if Borgay plays. Maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's 38 to 17 instead of 55 to 3. Like, you know, cosmetically it would look better, but it, it wouldn't have been a competitive game either way, I don't think. Yeah. I, you know, we had talked about, an eight-point loss at Washington, three-point losses versus Colorado and at Cal. Uh, this one was not competitive. No, and it was not. You're right. I mean, that was really the hallmark of, you know, since Fresno, every game had been competitive. I mean, even USC, we lost by 14, but it was it was a seven-point game in the fourth quarter. We had the ball, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, they end up scoring, and you know, but it like every loss had been. Competitive, couple you know, a couple of them right down to the very end. Colorado, obviously, with last second field goal. Uh, but yeah, this one was not. This one was. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see what the next three games bring. 
but it had a little bit. Now, again, the quarterback injury makes a difference in who you played and where you played, but had a little bit the feel of like, well, we, we got that win and, and now we're good. And I I hope that's not the case, but it, you know, it almost kind of felt like, you know, I don't want to say quitting because I don't think it's that, but almost like when a team makes a big comeback in the second half of a basketball game and they, they get to the lead and then it's like, well, they, they just can't keep going. You just, you're out of steam. Kind of felt like maybe Washington State was our like uh, we we gave it everything we had. We got that one conference win, and now it's just going to be kind of a, a slow march to the finish. Yeah, we'll see. You know, we'll, I think we'll learn a little more this week with a a more gettable team, not as tough an environment. Obviously, uh, you know they're a good team, play good defense too, but you know. If it's another non-competitive loss, then it really feels like, well, maybe you're just kind of playing out the string here. I think it's good that we did the extension, the formality one-year extension for Kenny uh, before this game. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, probably so. I I think that's better. Um, so I, you know. I'm looking ahead to the UCLA game this week, and they're coming off a a loss pretty handily at Arizona. Um, But they're a good team. They're six and three. They got stuff to play for still. They do. They do. Been a been a bit of a mixed bag for them this year. You know, they've much improved defensively from where they've been, um, but you know, have not passed any tests really when it comes to like that they. And they win a big game. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they they lost at Arizona. They lost at Oregon State. Uh, I mean, the games that, you know, it's like, okay, are you are you ready to, like, take that step into the next tier? Uh, because as I'm thinking about it, and I, I mean, I don't think they do, they missed both Washington and Oregon this year. So mm-hmm. schedule-wise, you know, set up for them to, like, okay, can you make a, you know, a 10-win season? That's already out. Um, I think there's some frustration there. You know, I mean, I'm not a UCLA, you know, LinkedIn, but, you know, you can sense a little bit like, is this as good as it gets with Chip Kelly? Um, last year and this year to, to be topping out at, you know, the 7-8 win mark is, is not really what they hired him for, I don't think. No. Especially not with a Big Ten move right, imminent. Right, Which is going to be, I feel like, toughest on them of the four uh, I mean you know I think it's gonna be tough for all four in a way um, because you know you're you're traveling more and you're not playing familiar opponents and all of that but you know Washington Oregon and I know it's a little ugly there right now a little rough but USC they you know they've got a, a base to feel like okay they you know we have something going here at UCLA, it kind of feels like, well, all right, in the in the Pac-12, which until this year has been pretty meh, um, you know, we still haven't climbed near the top, but now now you're going to start going up against those three schools that you're joining with, plus Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, you mm-hmm. know, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska. I mean, like, you know, and not all those schools are dominant powers, but they're good. They're good programs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If I'm a UCLA football fan, of which there aren't that many, uh, you know, a little, little frustrated I haven't been able to make much of a move up the ladder. And now, 
Yeah. Um, I'm still not confident going into the Rose Bowl, which I predict will be under 50% of capacity. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, my my uh, statements about UCLA and where they are as a program are not necessarily in relation to, oh, I think ASU is going to go in there and beat them. Uh, just more from a, from a big picture, you know, kind of underwhelming. I mean, they're six and three, but uh, Utah is the other game they lost. So, I mean, they should be in that tier with Utah, Oregon State, Arizona, and they've mm-hmm. lost all three of them away from home. Uh, you know, good program, good defense. They'll probably beat us, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's not the season I think it was supposed to be. I will uh, I will go ahead and say I'm going to pick the Bruins to win mm, 28 to 17. I'll go I'll go even lower scoring. I'll go because their offense has been not great. Um, they changed quarterbacks, so uh, I'll go I'll go 20 to six. Okay, you know a, one bright spot that kind of got marred in that game was the defense for ASU. But, yeah. you know, Ward got an extension and a pay bump, which I think is good. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's been a pretty good group, obviously. You know, tough to come out of last game with anything that you're like, well, but this has been good. But it yeah. is just one game. You know, you, you chalk it up and, you know. Okay, but, but yeah, I mean, I think he's done a pretty good job. Um, you know, the game that I'm, I mean, obviously, I I think the Arizona game is, is all, always interesting. It's the year-ender, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that Oregon game in two weeks. For, you know, I mean, Dillingham was there, um, and it's Oregon's only road game of the final month, and it's between them playing USC at Oregon State. The, you know their their finale, uh, so I mean it's it's just it's got trap game written all over it. That's all. I mean, uh, like, am I predicting that we're going to win? By no means. I'd like to see what we do this week, but it, it does have the feel of like uh, you know maybe if you're going to leave this season with something, that Oregon game or the Arizona game obviously is uh, you know those are opportunities at home. I don't see this week being that, though. I think this week, you know, who knows who we're going to have a quarterback. Have you read anything? I have not uh, seen anything. Any of those guys back? I don't think we've had the Monday press conference yet. I haven't seen anything okay. from it. So. Okay. I mean, that doesn't ever, I, I you know, this is going to lead to, uh, and I don't, we don't need to go down this road, but, you know, it's so hard to get news about this team anymore, it feels like, and, and even what is out there, it's like, I don't know that I could trust it, um, you know. Uh, I think you texted me something along the lines of our, you know, on Saturday about our misinformation campaign. And that certainly seems to be the case. And I, I gotta say, and I don't know about you, it makes it tough to be a fan a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I suppose if we were eight and one, I wouldn't be saying that, but it's like, yeah. man, you, you can't even give me, you know, who's going to be playing this week. Hey, give me an honest answer about you know, what quarterback is going to play. Yeah. I mean, that's, that to me is the thing where it's like we're not playing for anything and i guess this is the like if i can say one positive about herm which is hard for me to do but if i right. can give you one positive 
he started with full transparency and then slowly walked it down. Well, this is a year where be transparent. What is the difference? You know? I know, I know. Like, I mean, it's just, it. like, I like Dillingham, but he seems like the typical young coach that, you know, has grown up in the world of, like, everything has to be as guarded as possible and, you know, protecting the status of your, you know, uh, right guard's hamstring injury is akin to protecting the nuclear codes. And it's like, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't, I don't think you need to... Uh, say, you know, you don't need to come out and say, you know, here's what we're going to run this week and uh, here's the plays and, you know, like, uh, there's certain things that can be held back, but man, you know, like uh, it's just frustrating. Uh, You know, and again, we we discussed earlier in the year the whole, you know, Jaden Rashada and they don't report what they see in practice and all of that and it it makes it tough to invest, especially in a season like this where you're bad anyway. Like, uh, it's almost like you know you got to tune in Saturday to see who's actually playing because nothing you know from Sunday through Friday matters at all. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Makes it tough to do, you know, educated predictions beyond just saying, "Well, we're not very good." Which, granted, we're not. I realize that, but you know, be nice to you know be able to say like, "Well, I think we're going to have you know Pine back this week," or or maybe Rashada. You know, he's, he's only played the two games. Like it. Who knows? He came back to practice. But we, we get nothing beyond that. Yeah. Well, and we don't even know what the practice entailed. You no. Know, wait, was he fi- just physically present at practice? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's just tough. Um, I just, I don't know. I mean, some of that is, some of that is just what's happened with the local media and the, you know, absence of ASU coverage from the athletic and uh, the Republic, uh, you know, or what they do, I don't think is very good. Um, and so you're left with, you know, the, you know, the, the 24 sevens and the rivals and all that. It's like, well, I mean, for, for the most part, these are, these are people doing it as a second job or student interns and look, everybody starts somewhere. I understand that. Yeah. Um, but this is major college football. I'd like to have, you know, an actual beat reporter. Well, it's hard to ask the hard question, you know, it is. when it you're, is. and you know, when you're a sophomore in the Cronkite school, right? I, right, I don't yeah. see you like challenging Kenny Dillingham about, you know, have you considered more openness given that this is a not. season where, you know, yeah, of course you're not going to, because you don't have the, you don't have the bona fides to do that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, first of all, they'll just shut you down if you do try to do that. Um, and, and, you know, you don't have the gumption built up. You don't have the credibility. Uh, you know, Doug Haller, back in the day, could have done that. Mm-hmm. You know, Doug Haller could have written a column that, you know, said, well, you know, it is basically what, what we're talking about. That, you know, it's tough for, tough for fans to really invest in a team when they're not, you know, they're not made aware of who's playing each week. And, you know, I mean, I showed up at the Washington State game. There's guys that are, that are not in pads. And it's like, I, I guess they're not playing. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, um, it's just tough. I, I, I find it difficult and, you know, I have no idea. We could have one of four quarterbacks, I guess, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, until last week, I even thought, is Pine back for the season? I hadn't heard anything about him yeah. since, the, since the USC game when it was always out for a few weeks and he wasn't in pads for the Washington State game and I was sitting there even thinking, like, is he coming back? I don't know. Uh, there was no, no discussion of it. Yeah. 
Um, well, let's pivot to something a little more positive, which is ASU men's basketball tips off against Mississippi State on Wednesday. Yeah. We've also had a little bit of a run from Bobby Hurley on the commitments, which we can we can get into, but let's let's run through this roster because there's not that many familiar faces. No, there's not. I'm looking at it right now and uh, So you've yeah, got Yeah, learning a lot of new names as I look at it. You've got Kamari Lands, transfer, Frankie mm-hmm. Collins, back, though a transfer last year. Right, right. Braylon Green, uh, who's a freshman. freshman. So that's that's one. That's a rare concept nowadays. They have a true freshman on your roster. Bryson Long is a guy. Don't don't worry about it. Uh, Jemiah Neal, he is back. Also was a transfer. But was a transfer exactly. Yep, yep. Malachi Davis transfer. Alonzo Gaffney back was a transfer. Was a transfer. Yep, yep. Sean Phillips transfer. Bobby Hurley, back Walk again, on. a guy. Yeah, yeah. Jose Perez, I believe, transfer. Just got him. Yeah. Very recent from West Virginia, yeah. Uh, Andrew Mayock, freshman. Zane Meeks, senior, transfer. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in real quick. Andrew Mayock, am I making a, a wrong assumption to think walk-on? I think six, so. Six, six two, two white kid freshman from Connecticut. Yeah, Feels like walk on, doesn't it? Someone who maybe like uh, Dan Hurley saw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. Was like, yeah, hey. friend, of, friend of a friend coming out to ASU. You know, he's a little bit better than a team manager. That's about it. I, I look, I could be totally wrong. I feel bad if I am, but that's my assumption. But I mean, I'm just looking at guys. So you've got like Akil Watson. That's a freshman. But then the next yeah. guy on this list, Bryant Celebange from Montreal, junior, has to be a transfer. I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest there. Never heard that name before. Right now. No, but he's six eight. Yeah. Yeah. Canadian looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. No bios. No stats. Uh, why would there be? That's, we don't need any of that. Yeah, games on games on Wednesday. It's Monday afternoon. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. In case people were going to talk about it. Previously right. at Tulsa, it says. Salabange? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Jordan Williams, I think, has been here before. Have he? And is a walk-on. I think so. Okay, okay. I was going to say, he certainly... We, we have three guys on the roster who played last year, if I'm correct. Yeah. Daphne, Collins, and, and Neil, right? That's that's it. Yeah. He has not appeared in game action, it says. Okay. I mean, I mean, actually played, not Bobby Hurley mm-hmm. Jr. Has off played. the bench at the end of blowouts, you know, like, that saw, saw legitimate minutes from last yeah. season's team. And then Adam Miller, transfer. So Who, is he eligible? Unclear, two days before the okay. season. Okay. That's what I thought because he's a two-time transfer, and we know we didn't. You know, we got the the bad side of the coin on that with football for a couple of guys. Again, not unhappy. I mean, unhappy as an ASU fan, not unhappy as an objective fan. I don't. I don't think a guy should be able to just transfer whenever. If you're going to give him one free one, then the second one comes at a cost. But yeah, I I don't think he's eligible yet, and I'm guessing won't be. If I I mean, reading the tea leaves of how they handle football. Yeah, I mean, the expectation 
it's going to be interesting with him and and Phillips. Although I think Phillips is eligible, the the seven okay. footer from LSU. I wasn't sure. Is he a two time transfer too? I believe so. Okay. But I, you know what? I don't know. I might be confusing him now with somebody else. He was at LSU. Yeah. But I didn't know if he went somewhere else. Let's see. I'm looking. Well, his bio consists of a tweet. Yeah. Awesome. That says. Sean is the most gifted front court guy I've had. Bobby Hurley had some high praise for LSU transfer Sean Phillips. Okay, right. uh, that's from September. So yeah, he's only a sophomore, so that leads me to believe yeah. he'd only spent one year at LSU. Well, there you go. So yeah. he's eligible. He'll play. So he should be. Yeah. What a what a just uh, the ridiculousness of this conversation that we're having. That like we can't find this information. We don't know the rules. Now, some of this is probably on us for not paying as close of attention as we used to. But still, like, it shouldn't be that hard, should it? Yeah. No, you wouldn't think so. I mean, I'm looking him up. He, on 24-7, yeah, he committed to LSU out of high school. So he's only been at LSU. So we, so he should be good to go, I would think. Yeah. Spent, spent one year at LSU. Um, well... Look, I mean, there's there's some they're guys. interesting, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to take a bit to see this team play and know, you know, who of these transfers are relevant and who aren't, uh, and and maybe a couple of the freshmen. There are a couple of freshmen that we got to, um, you know. I mean, it, you know, but there's there's enough there that if it, I mean, it's going to have to be a recipe that comes together like last year did, where you know pieces fit in you had a couple guys that probably overachieved the expectations and you made the tournament and and you know i, I think that's that's got to be the expectation again i know i mean it's hard to say that for a team that there's so many unknowns but that's college basketball nowadays we're not we're not unique um most programs of our caliber are like this so you know you, you got to make it work yeah I mean, it'd be different if if, you know, back in the Sendek years when, oh, we had these guys leave and, yet, you know, it's like, man, we are really lacking experience. That's the case for most teams now. That, you know, you either have a lot of transfers or a lot of freshmen or a mix of both. But not a lot of teams bring back, you know, seven rotation guys from the year before. No. This is a... This is a new team. And it's going, it's going to be a big job by Bobby Hurley. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, he did it last year. Yeah. You know, which gives me gives me some confidence because it had really happened prior. To, you know, the previous two or three years had been a little rough. Last year, they figured something out. And he's just going to have to do it again, I guess. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, it, I... I'm going to just say it's a lot on Frankie Collins. Um, a lot. I would think, that, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, he's the he's the face of the program, at least to start the year. You yeah. know, he was a starter last year. Um, I don't believe Neil or Gaffney were regular starters. They started some games. Yeah, Gaffney you know, be, a, became a, starter, a, a defensive, a clutch defensive player. And there's a yeah, lot Gaffney's of length. Yeah, a ball player. I mean, if yeah. you have Gaffney and Phillips as two of your five, that you should be a pretty good rebounding team with a seven-footer, and then Gaffney, who I think is technically 6'11", but, like, yeah. 
has that freakish wingspan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's size on this team. I mean, like obviously knowing that colleges tend to inflate the heights, but you know, looking at the roster, I mean, Kamari Land six eight, uh, Jemaya Neal six six, Gaffney's listed at six nine, but you're right, plays plays taller than that. Phillips is seven feet. Jose Perez, a guard, is six five. Akil Watson, the freshman, six nine. The Sella Bungay guy, six eight. Like, I mean, yeah. there's there's plenty of size. It seems like that you shouldn't be physically outmatched by many teams. Yeah. Now, can can they shoot? I mean, that that's been the 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 problem for most of the ASU teams the last several years. The, since the, the post early, the post Trey Holder era. Yes. Yeah. You know the the team with. Holder and Shannon Evans and Cody Justice and they were a good shooting team and that's been several years now and you know even last year not a lot of great shooting we shot well in the tournament and it, and it got us you know almost to the brink of the second round until we choked away the lead but you know that that'll be the question is you know can you can you shoot from the outside can you make threes um, but it you know based on the physical makeup of the team you would hope that rebounding and defense would not be a weakness at the very least. You would hope. I mean, that was one difference last year compared to the previous couple. Very good defensive team last year. Um, And that, you know, that was the difference between making the tournament and being under 500. So you hope that keeps up this year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a... It's a critical piece of the equation. If we can play good defense and not foul, yeah, you know, we should be able to rebound, which will help end end possessions and extend possessions. You know, for which, sure, for sure. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, it's hard. Um, again, you know, like I, there's so much unknown in terms of who's going to be a contributor, where guys play. So I'm, you know. I'm not going to lie and, and say beyond the three returners that I know much about how these guys play because I do not. Um, but there's enough there that, again, I, I think the expectation should be to, to make the tournament again. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, should be, it should be the perpetual expectation now. I think so. I um, think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, that doesn't mean you're going to do it every single year. I don't, you know, I'm not going to fool myself into thinking we're at that level where we could just, you know, you know, show up and make the tournament every year. But I, I think it should be, you know, like the the years of, you know, oh, well, let's just try to go over 500 and make the NIT. Like, no, no, that's not good enough. Not when you have a coach in his, what, eighth year? Ninth year? I think it's ninth. I can't even remember. I think it's ninth. It's been a while. But yeah, it, it, you know. He, look, we should be that team, you know, that is capable of plugging these guys in and finding it. And it seems like from the preseason action, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the non-conference schedule is, is not brutal, but it's not a bunch of cupcakes either. Uh, you know, some, some, you know, a road trip to TCU, which was our tournament opponent, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mississippi state neutral BYU neutral. And then another game after that there in Vegas, um, you know, not a lot at home. I mean, the home games are pretty much all snoozers, except for, I think SMU, I think we get them at home. 
opponents aren't necessarily, you know, going to excite anybody as a fan, but, you know, see how it goes. Um, Northwestern in a game in at downtown Phoenix. So, you know, home, but not home. Mm-hmm. Uh, decent slate, but, but nothing that looks too brutal that it should, you know, beat you up too bad. Yeah. I agree. And the conference is, eh, right? I mean, like, I don't, yeah. you know, like, I don't think it's going to be like the last year of football where it's like, wow, man, this conference is so good. I mean, Arizona will be good. USC is expected to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I don't think there's much expectation for anybody, really. UCLA doesn't really seem like they're getting a lot of preseason hype. No. No. It very much feels like Arizona, USC are bust, which... Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey. And, and not, you know, none of, neither of them are, are like preseason top five or no anything. i think I mean, they're, they're both, they're both like ranked. they're both looking for like a four seed yeah yeah i mean you know you never know uh, no one had you know last year at this time or even in you know late february no one had uconn as a national champion and they got hot and you know played you know so you never know um i mean sc's got some intriguing young guys and you know they got i can't remember the kid's name offhand i wish i could but he was the number it's, one or two recruit in the country ronnie james it's LeBron's son. LeBron well, James. No, that's not, I, was trying, no, I was trying to be objective and, and talk about the kid who actually is, is ranked higher. Although, yes, I'm curious to see what happens with Bronny James if he plays. I, I mean, yeah. they've said he's going to. I mean, LeBron said, he, you know, he's planning to play this year. But I saw he's not playing in the first game tonight. Um, but they haven't really said anything beyond that. Yeah, they haven't released the plan. No, so who knows? Um, I am going to look this kid up, though. Isaiah Collier, that's the kid, was, you know, like number one, two, three, whatever in the country as far as overall recruits. He was a McDonald's All-American, too, played with Ronnie in that game. You know, like there, there's some expectation there. Um, but again, when you got a, you know, a lot of freshmen, you know, it can, it can be 2012 Kentucky where they win the national title, or it can be any number of other teams over the last several years were like, well, they got four freshmen that, uh, you know, they could all get drafted and they go 17 and 14. Yeah. Um, I guess similar to football, I'd like the conference to do well in the final iteration. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, uh, I, it's weird as we talked about last week to think it is, um, you know, maybe even more so, maybe not more so, but like, it's just weird to think that, you know, next year our basketball schedule is going to be, you know, TCU and Texas Tech and Baylor and Kansas and West Virginia. And it's like, uh, okay, uh, you know, that's, that's what it is. Um, but it's, it's odd to think this is the last time, uh, you know, you pointed it out last week, we're the, we're the last uh, Pacific Conference home game for UCLA, which is, yeah. you know, an odd one. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think I, I think it's entirely reasonable to think that pods are going to be done. You know, like it's not just oh, you're going to travel this weekend to play these two schools with Arizona. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe like, you'd hope some some type of logistics to you know make it where you're not going to West Virginia on a Thursday and then you know, uh, Utah on a Saturday or something like that. I mean, yeah. like, I, I would, 
I would certainly hope there's a way to make it where, you know, you go to West Virginia and UCF. Or Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati, yeah, exactly. You know, like like play play those teams, you know, if you're going to play all three, you know, do it as a, a Wednesday, Saturday, Monday, or something like that. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a little rough. But it's going to be a little rough on them coming the other way too. So you just you just have to make the best of it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, you said it last week. Like it. It is sort of exciting. The basketball that we'll get. I mean, there, there's some there's some big time. Obviously, it starts with Kansas and their yeah. history and recent history and their preseason number one and all of that. But I mean, you know, Houston coming into the Big Twelve this year. There'll be a conference, you know, that's been a team that's been in the Final Four recently. Baylor won yeah. the national title two years ago. Yeah, uh, Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati historical. Got good history, you know, so it, it, that is kind of exciting. Yeah. No. Texas Tech was in the championship game in 2019, you know, so like going through some of these programs, unlike football, where it's like, well, there's, you know, there's some interesting programs, but, eh, you know, none of them have been like at the very, very top level. Basketball, certainly they have been a lot recently and it'll be it'll be fun to have some of those programs come in here and play i think yeah absolutely for for as you know met in between as football seems to be for the conference as we talked about last week uh, ba- basketball is a joy you know yeah, i think so i think so yeah i mean you know and and i think there's still you know, some flirting with UConn going on. I don't know if it'll happen, but I mean, God, if they could add UConn down the road, that's another big time program. Um, you know, so like college basketball isn't to me what it used to be. We've talked about that. We don't need to, I don't need to relitigate it, but you know, is it intriguing to think that next year, you know, we'll have some of those teams, not all of them, obviously, but some of those teams come in and play at, at, you know, at our place. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, more so than it is football, admittedly. Yeah, and I do like for football, you know, the protected rivalry for us. Yes. The protected BYU Utah game. You know, they didn't I, do very many, right? No, they Just, did four. It was those two Kansas, Kansas State. And what was the other one? I don't even remember what the other one was. Uh, Texas. I can't even. Texas Tech Baylor, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And see, but yeah, they, they didn't do very many, which I, I'm okay with because there isn't a lot of like long time deep rivalries among. I mean, you know, like West Virginia wasn't even in that conference until recently. When everybody's it's, main rival left, you know, right, right, Oklahoma exactly, yeah. left, so Bedlam's no Oklahoma, done. Oklahoma State, there's no you know Texas for the other Texas schools anymore. So yeah, like I mean, might as well mix it up. I mean, it, you know, it's it's kind of a, a you know the whole conference, but certainly for football, it's it's the leftovers in a way. You know, I mean, now they've done a good job of surviving when it could have fallen apart a couple different times in their past. But it's a lot of you know thrown together. You know, uh, UCF and and uh, Utah. Uh, yeah, they're conference rivals now. Like, okay, do yeah. they have anything to do with each other? No, but but they are. Just trust me, they're rivals. Yeah. Well, and that's like so. Keep BYU, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and and just you know, hand wave the rest and be like, hey, look, we want people playing people. Yeah, yeah. Baylor TCU is the other one. Baylor TCU. That they did. 
which okay fair oh yeah that's me. it's like the holy war or something something like that yes yes um so yeah yeah i mean like okay i'm good with that you know uh they're close by each other um you know but yeah i mean again there's not a lot like does ucf have any long-standing rivals in the big 12 no they just got here uh mm-hmm. does cincinnati does houston byu has utah from past but not in the big 12 colorado really does i mean colorado nebraska used to be a big rivalry but nebraska's not there anymore so yeah you know it, it's it's gonna be thrown together you know i think i said this last week i don't i don't envy the people who worked in the ticket sales department at asu um because it is going to be hard to have a linchpin game outside of Arizona the years you get them. Uh, you know, like there's not a lot of, you know, unless you're a diehard football fan, a home game against Kansas for football does not move the needle. Yeah. Which I think we have Kansas next year, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's an opportunity to find new hate. Yeah, that's what it's going to have to be. It's going to take a while. Uh, you know, and, and I guess the big uh, question as I say that is, will the conference, you know, remain in its form long enough for that to happen? Because, you know, it just, this all feels so temporary. Like the whole, you know, oh, this is Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's last game against each other. Like, it is for now. But are we are we sure they won't end up back in a you know thirty two team conference sometime in the future? No, they probably will. Yeah, Look, it's just going to yeah. turn. What we're going to do is we're going to create a eighty team conference, and then we're going to break that up regionally into yeah, five pods yeah, of eight. Yeah. You're probably right. A Pacific region and an Atlantic coast and a southeast and mm-hmm. a Midwest, and yeah, it'll work well. Yeah, a big Midwest and a big Mid-South. Right, and right, then, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, all, it all makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, just a final sports thing. So Craig Council, Brewers manager for nine seasons, has decided to take what appears to be uh, a hefty $8 million a year managerial salary dwarfing Terry Francona's league leading amount last year of 4.5 million uh, to take the Cubs managerial job, which as you said, was news to him and Dave Ross. Just about everybody. I feel like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, totally caught me by surprise. Um, You know, yeah, I, I like the move as a Cubs fan, not because I think that he's some sort of miracle worker. I think he's a good manager. I think he's an improvement over David Ross. But at the very least, it, it just signifies that, like, maybe they're serious about winning again because it's been a while. Um, you know, been a few years where it felt like, you know, maybe the franchise was operating under the, well, we got our World Series, we're good now. And and so, like, well, all right, you're, you're not spending that kind of money on a manager to, you know, go 500 and compete for the last wild card spot. No. You know, you're, you're doing it to, to swing for the fences. So I, I like that, I guess. As a Brewers fan, it is an indictment of ownership. It just, yeah. no two ways about it. It is yeah. an indictment of ownership. They beat this team for the division title last year. The Cubs yeah. are losing Bellinger, it appears. And yet, 
he viewed the two situations and has opted for the Cubs. Yeah, I I do yeah, yeah. I do like you know reading some of the missed the missed analysis from people, you know the media writers who want to be first. It's like, well, he's expected yeah. to decide today whether he'll stay in Milwaukee or go to New York. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and all boy, the the dominoes fell quickly today. I mean, the, the Cleveland hired a manager. The Mets hired a manager, and you know, like, well, it's all moving very fast, I guess. Yeah. Um. Anyway, just wanted to make sure we touched on it. Yes, yes, and I believe the last time we talked, we were in the middle of Game Five of the World Series. Uh, you, I had had noted that the Rangers had just taken the lead. They ended up winning, which I was happy about as an anti Diamondbacks fan, and. Uh, you you gave a shout out to Greg Powell at the end of that, so I'll give one now. His, his team uh, finally climbs the mountain, wins the World Series. Good for him. Good for the Rangers, and good for me as someone who doesn't like the Diamondbacks. Yeah, it's uh, it's something. It's an impressive run. I mean, going uh, you know, obviously uh, you know teams didn't used to play that many playoff games, so I realized you know, but going eleven and zero on the road. Um, in a, in a stretch is, is pretty darn impressive. I know winning on the road in baseball is not maybe winning on the road in football or basketball, but still it's, it's impressive to, to do that over, you know, a month long span and beat four really good teams in that span. I mean, you know, the, the diamondbacks were the worst team they played uh, record wise. Uh, you, you know, you beat the defending champion four on the road. You beat a, a hundred win Orioles team two on the road. You sweep Tampa, uh, you know, two on the road. So very impressive by them. Yeah. Um, incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, all right. Well, look, we'll be back. We will talk about the start of ASU basketball and uh, sort of bring home the conclusion of ASU football. In- yep, yep. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's Ben, Matt Sportscast.